and welcome to the only 64th episode of the non-player character podcast, a video game podcast with character. I am your total content. I am your total content creator, dominator, NPC Paul here at the Silver Tongue Studios. With me in studio is the one and only 25 hour a day Twitch streaming extraordinaire, Katie. How's it going, Katie? What? Twitch extraordinaire. Yeah, 25 hours. Oh, yeah, That's definitely. Yeah. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always on t- on Twitch. Yeah, all the time. I thought Twitch was over. Kids on to something new by now? Yeah, it's Mixer. Oh, sorry. I meant yeah. Facebook gaming. <laughs> Ouch, too soon. <laughs> all right. Uh, with me over Zoom is the only man who can shoot a womp rat in a T16 Skyhopper and steal your girl doing it. It's Kent. How's it going, Kent? Uh, it's going pretty well. I got a lot of carbon scoring on my uh, new jacket, so I'm a little bit mad. But other than that, That's it's fine, going pretty man. well. <laughs> you, you can always uh, g- go into a cantina and, and get some blue milk. That always makes me feel better. I can't tell because I'm colorblind. Oh, right. It just looks like milk. <laughs> <laughs> also with us over Zoom is the only man who has won an entire Dragon Ball Fighters Z championship and beat the world record for some other weeb game. Leonard, how's it going, Leonard? Hey. What's that? Hi. <laughs> oh. oh, I see. Very good. How was winning the uh, the championship? And uh, another game. What what other game was it? Hi. Good. I like that game. Nihongo ga dekimasu ka? Ah, I don't understand any of that. <laughs> well, it's good to hear from you, Leonard, and congratulations. Thanks. And lastly, also over Zoom, the best Counter-Strike 1.3 player in the world, and no one is old enough to dispute that claim. It's Dan. How's it going, Dan? Yo, I took down Fatality. That's how good I am. (laughs) (laughs) No one gets that joke. It's never fault. No one gets that joke. Oh, I'm glad you're old, Dan. It's fun. Yeah. How is everyone doing? How's everyone, uh, their second quarantine going? I'd even get the memo. We're on our second one. (laughs) (laughs) According to California, (laughs) we opened right back up and then closed right back down. It's like a revolving door. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was not good. Um, So we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about uh, what we've been playing. We have a little bit of news. There wasn't much in the way of news, but we have a little bit of it. And then we are going to go on to our topic. And our topic this week is skill-based matchmaking. It is the most interesting topic we have ever had on this show. And we will prove it to you. Yeah, you have to listen all the way through to the end of the episode to figure out why it's it's the most interesting, but it is the most interesting. <sighs> so we are going to start off with what people have been playing. Um, I'm going to ask Leonard, because I'm actually interested, what have you been playing, Leonard? Um, I've been playing quite a bit of games. I've uh, been playing Last of Us Part Two. Ooh. I've also been playing Ghost of Tsushima, which just came out uh, a couple days ago. And I've been also playing Animal Crossing. Of course. Everybody needs to play Animal Crossing at least once a week. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. How are you liking Ghosts of Tsushima? Um, It's very good. 
I like the way it is. I honestly, it's been so long since I touched a Sucker Punch game that I forgot that Sucker Punch actually made it. <laughs> it's been a long time since Sucker Punch has made a game. Yeah. And the funny part is too, like, I forgot this is like Sucker Punch is one of their biggest mechanics is that you can choose between being like what they consider good and evil. Yeah. But for the game, it's between samurai and I guess you would say ninja. Nice. Nice. Which way are you going? Uh, I'm trying to actually do the true samurai way. Nice. Okay. I am, uh, I am very excited to try and play that game, but oh, it's uh, beautiful. I had it pre-ordered and uh, ready to pick up. And then the GameStop that I was going to pick it up at closed. So now I can't pick it up and I'm very sad and it makes me sad. It's and weird because life. it's sitting in my cart on PlayStation and I think we share accounts or something. You could, like you could totally buy that if you want to. I'd appreciate that. Mm. So we're going to move on. Kent, I want to know what you've been playing because I'm sure it's something amazing. I've been playing too much, actually. It's really? like a different game every day. But Good. there's two that I've been kind of sticking with. Uh, well, I already finished The Last of Us a couple Beautiful. of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, definitely talk about that at some point. Yes. But not too Let's, much because Dan will die. Yes. I'll just leave. I, I cannot believe there's aliens in that game. It's so weird. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I've been playing, I guess the two main ones are, I'm getting back into Final Fantasy XII, okay. Zodiac Age, and then I picked up recently Trials of Mana. So I've the been playing that as remake, well. I assume? Yes. The okay. one that came out around the same time of Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, is is it is it good? I heard mixed opinions about that thing when it came out. So it's actually a really good game. The thing is, it doesn't have nearly enough of a budget as Final Fantasy VII does. Mm. So voice acting is silly. But I always love silly voice acting. Okay. The game itself is actually astoundingly good. Okay. Um, so... You know, and it's a it's not a turn based. So if you want something a little bit different, uh, it's more akin to Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, but there's a little bit more uh, like class variety and like magic and all that stuff. So all right. uh, it's a good game. I recommend it. All right. Yeah, I uh, I, I played that uh, way back in the day, um, and I was very young, so I didn't get very far, and it was very weird. But, <laughs> it uh, is a weird game. A weird game, but uh, no, I remember it being pretty good. Well, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to go next. Um, I haven't been playing too much because I've been working on other creative endeavors that eventually will show up on some podcasts. Um, but I have, other than Apex, of course, I always slice out some time for some Apex. But I got a phone game, and I know I'm the one who rails against phone games. <gasps> but this phone game, this one is weird. It's called AI Dungeon. And it is a text-based adventure, but with a chat bot. So it is uh, randomly generated text. Um, it's kind of creepy how good it is, except for when it isn't. And then you remember you're playing a game and you're not talking to someone who's a DM. Um, the, the first one is on iOS and Android, if you guys want to check it out. But the second one is on uh, Steam. And on the website, it is interesting. Uh, it, it reminds me of how far we've come in AI. Um, it still needs some work uh, because my name keeps changing. Like the AI keeps assigning me a new name every like 
10 minutes. But uh, other than that, it is pretty impressive. You can do a lot in that, in that game. It's Skynet collecting data. Maybe. Maybe it's Skynet collecting data. All right, Jim. Uh, let's let's continue on. <laughs> let's finish this up. Okay, Jones. What the hell are you doing? Uh, yeah, and it, did it you pick keeps... Jim Jones on purpose, or were those just the two first names that popped a, in your head? The two only names I know. <laughs> That's fair. A yeah. little a little concerning, but fair. <laughs> all right, Katie. We all know what you've been playing, but please enlighten us. What have you been playing? Destiny 2. Really? Available on Stadia, Steam. <laughs> anyway, um, actually, I did play it on Stadia the other day, and it does feel pretty good to help a couple of babies who don't know what they're doing play a strike. And by good, I mean eternally frustrating. Mm, I'm sure. Mm. Okay, so uh, anything new in Destiny that we should know about? I mean, this season's really good. Um, I think it's better than last season. I really like the story beats. Um, the darkness is like fully here and like shit's getting like hella real. It has hit the fan officially. Oh yeah, no. So like, because they're getting rid of four planets, four planets. Yeah. Um, they're getting rid of a few planets in, um, in November now because the release date got pushed to November instead of September. Um, they, uh, it's full blown alien invasion. That's pretty cool. You go to IO and there's pyramid darkness ships kind of flying around and it's like well this is intimidating <laughs> we're fucked <laughs> so I, 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 will, I will say that uh you know destiny for um what it is and i i just i couldn't stick with it it was it's a dedication and it's amazing that you dedicate your <laughs> like half your life to this game <laughs> and you know you, you've made incredible friends through it and, and and met incredible people um and they keep going they keep yeah. making it like yeah. new things i mean new, there's there's new, definitely new. problems in pvp well we'll get to more of the meat of that when we hit the main discussion yes but uh you know there there's still problems in pvp but pvp is just a never-ending fucking circle <laughs> that just <laughs> it's a snake eating itself really right, right um that's always been the destiny pvp tale uh-huh it's just impossible to balance when you have that many guns. I mean, it would be like giving Borderlands 3 a PvP arena and yeah. then trying to pretend that that's totally balanced and normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, story-wise, it's, it's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to November. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. You should play a different game. No, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you did just buy Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, so. I'll play that. Okay. But... You know, Tuesdays are destiny days. That's fair. All right, Dan. It's you. Yes. Um, well, I was playing Last of Us 2 okay. uh, for a bit, but I need to break it up just for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing a game called Satisfactory until I discovered mm-hmm. that I was almost catching my PS- my PC on fire. <laughs> um, Okay. And then after some technical difficulties, which Paul knows about, yes, um, they were I eventually funny. got it under wraps. And then uh, lately, I've actually been playing The Outer Wilds, uh, Total War Warhammer Two. Uh, that <laughs> those are two different games for the listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the The Outer Wilds is the one that's like you're a th- uh, uh, zero G dude, and you're running around doing all these puzzles. No, no, no. This is like Groundhog's Day in space. Right. 
Um, so basically, okay, okay. You, you start on a planet, you can go to any little planet that's nearby, and you discover little bits of puzzles. So it is kind of like the puzzles, but you're, you've, you've got a ship that you go from point A to point B to try and piece everything together. Awesome. This was, uh, this was an indie darling. Was it last year? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. won a bunch of awards. It's really good, but also extremely abstract and very cryptic. Oh, good yeah. puzzles. Uh, it's, so the puzzles are literally cause, uh, everything is written in like an alien language that you need to decipher and things make no sense until you eventually find one piece. It's like, Oh, what the hell is this? And then you go to another place and then you're like, well, what if I, Oh, and then, you know, things kind Got of it. go from there. Okay. But you need to get that part. Okay. Okay. Uh, are you liking last of us? Uh, ish. Oh, okay. We will definitely have to talk about that on a future episode or something. Yes. All right. Well, I believe that covers everything and everyone who is playing video games in the entire world. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a little bit of news for everybody. I hope you all are ready. We'll be back. Hear ye, hear ye, the non-player character podcast presents what it is like to play Fortnite Battle Royale by yourself. All right. Uh, I have some challenges I need to do. What challenge do I have to do? Oh, yeah, I have to kill seven people in Tilted. All right. Um, I kind of want to go Tilted, but then there's that find that location at Lucky Landing. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go Lucky Landing. All right. Um, oh, not not too many people. Oh, actually, no one's there. All right. This is perfect. All right. Um, Got to get some brick, uh, some wood. Oh, vending machine. 500 wood though for an AK nah I'm, I'm cool off that uh, oh found a rocket launcher <gasps> big shield yes 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 big shield alright great it took the big shield let's see what else do I need and of course after I take big shield I find mini shields right there <sighs> god this, this game I swear epic if you could do one thing for me alright alright what 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 how what there was no one here! How? A 50 meter snipe? What? How does he have a semi-automatic sniper? Those are vault- Bruh. Ooh, okay, let's see. This is my second time playing Fortnite again. Alright then. What the hell that kid's doing? Is he flossing? Uh, whatever, man. Let's see this started, alright? Alright, I'm in a bus. I don't know where the hell I'm doing right now. There's really no instructions how to play this game at all. Oh, I guess everybody's jumping. Just thank you to the bus driver. Wait, what? Press X. Alright, cool. Oh, there we go. Oh, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, 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 press X to the point. Oh, okay. Oh, so you parachute out. Okay, this is kind of like PUBG, but more cartoonic. Okay, that makes sense, makes sense. Okay, um, I'm just random me at a random place i don't know what the hell to call it um i got a pickaxe that's kind of cool i guess let me this oh oh i can get material mm, oh cool all right 
Oh, oh, I see a chest. Yo, oh, wow. Wait. What the fuck? What? Is that a trap? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I'm not playing this game no more. Bye. And now, what it is like to play Fortnite Battle Royale with randoms. Alright, man, where do you want to go? Hello? Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey! Where, oh, where, no. Let's go to Tilt the Towers. Let's go to Tilt the Towers. Come on. Uh, I don't want to go Tilt it. Come on, dude. Come on. I want to go Paradise. I'm going Paradise. Oh, you can go Tilt it. Dude, come on, man. You're so lame. Look, you go you go tilted. I'll go Paradise. <sighs> Fine. Whatever, dude. I don't even care, man. I care. I got like 50 dubs anyway. How many good dubs you got anyways? Got maybe seven. I don't know. I'm. <laughs> That's so funny. You're a loser. Oh, my God. Tyler. Tyler, watch your language. What? Watch your language, Tyler. I can't hear you. Tyler, watch your language. I hate her so much. God. So, till the towers, okay? I, I'm already at paradise. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Oh, man. Good old Fortnite. Play some duels right now. Let's get this started. Hey, what's up, man? Whoa. Whoa. Hey, Yo, my can guy. My guy. Yeah? My guy. Yo, Mike. What? In your mouth right now. I like that. Dude. Dude, <laughs> what is that sound? Uh, uh, where do you want to go? Why are you so loud? Where do you want to go, though? Who hurts you? All right, I'm going to go drunk. You need to go. All right. I'm reporting you. All right. Like, right now. All right, man. Report. Bye. Look. Bye. And now, what it is like to play... Fortnite Battle Royale with ducks. has been what it is like to play Fortnite Battle Royale. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, and it is time for news. We are going to start the week off in the right way, and the only way I know how to do that is to let Leonard tell us about what news he's brought us, what specific news he's brought us. Leonard, let us in on your dirty little secrets. Nintendo news. Every time it's perfect. Even over Zoom, it's perfect. Oh, God. All right. Um, so first thing, uh, speaking of Nintendo and the voice I just did, uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King, came uh, out, I believe, Friday. Yep. And... Uh, I just bought it. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. You'll have to tell me how that is because the last Paper Mario disappointed me greatly. Um, and I don't want a baby game for babies. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently there's some uh, really, uh, I guess you, someone said not safe for work 
jokes in there, but you know, probably okay. flies over kids' heads. Okay. But um yeah, uh besides that, uh just had it here. Thousand Year Door, by the way, is the best paper Mario ever. Yep. Yep. That was paper the one for Mario is bad. Right? <gasps> yeah, that was the GameCube one. Yeah. Yes, that one was one of my favorites. Actually, my first one too. Um, not necessarily Nintendo news, but we'll always say it's Nintendo news because it belongs to our hearts. And that is Reggie. What's, what's uh, up with Reggie? Reggie's actually he's doing gonna, fine. That's what's happening. Yeah, he's actually doing really good. He's going to okay, be joining uh, indie publisher Rogue Games as apparently their strategic advisor. Wow. He's so, all over the place. Yeah, he is all yeah. over the place. I mean, if you worked for Nintendo for so long and everyone loves you, you can right. kind of have that. Right. You, you know? can kind of write your own ticket wherever you want to. But I'm yeah. surprised that he's moving on to a, an indie developer. Yeah. Well, um, it's probably because he has a lot of hope in it, you know? Right. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't be going there if he didn't believe in them. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure other places were offering him much more money than than they could well you know paul even though dan believes everything's about the money one thing you gotta know for sure is that even if you do have money sometimes you have to go rogue anyways uh on to the other topic of nintendo news uh they're saying there's a lot of rumors going around about when the next nintendo direct yes rumor being that it's going to have a mario uh collection Mm mm-hmm um, but a lot of people are saying it's going to be next week. Some people are saying it's going to be within the next two weeks. Okay. Okay. Some people think it's going to be the next month. We don't know exactly, but Nintendo will announce it when Nintendo feels it's ready. Well, I'm looking forward to it one way or the other. A good Mario collection is hard to come by nowadays. You can always get the new Super Mario Deluxe Wii U edition on your Switch, but you know, I want the classics. I want I want 64. I want 64 on my Switch. What the hell? Prepare to pay like $30 for it though. <laughs> yeah, probably. I I would be fine with paying $30 a year for it. Yeah. Um last thing is uh a lot of people who like this game are pretty excited and pretty meh about it. But Crisis Remastered is coming to the Switch. <laughs> mm-hmm. But can it run Crisis? It can't run Crisis. Yeah, it can. It can have a Crisis while running Crisis. <laughs> What's funny is they they still broke the Switch trying to run Crisis. Did they seriously? Yes, that's why it's taking so long. That's fantastic. <laughs> so the Switch can't run Crisis. <laughs> It has a midlife crisis while running it. (laughs) That's an old person PC meme. I'm sure Dan and Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dan, actually, I have forgot to ask you, can your new PC run crisis? Uh, Actually, I want to get nerdy about it. Um, No modern PC can actually run crisis in the way that everyone is hoping. Uh, because the issue uh. <laughs> in its development was it was not actually developed for multi-core processing, which is why are you ruining the meme? You're such a boomer. Who explains <laughs> memes? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, That's why I love so Dan. The reason Dan why I cried is because. <laughs> They have to redo the engine because it's just not, determined uh, to piss all over my jokes. <laughs> That's what so, they, for. so they have to redo the engine 
And pretty much. Does that mean that they will have a version that will run on dual core or at least dual core core? That that's well, I mean, it depends on what they do. That's why they delayed the remaster of it for everything else. I see. But because no one had any expectations for the Switch version, that's the one that comes out. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Uh do you predict then in the future, even though we're not we don't like predictions on this on this podcast, but do you predict things such as crisis on PS5, crisis on Xbox series? If they invest as much as is probably needed to get this running, then yes, because they're going to want to recoup uh, costs from more right. than just PC. Yeah, that's a that's a good way. It's a good way to look at it. It is all about the money, Leonard. <laughs> so, Leonard, was that it for the uh, infamous Nintendo news? Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it for Nintendo news. Um, we re- appreciate your reporting every single time and keep doing God's work. Katie, I hear you have some destiny things for me. Do I? I don't know. Okay. When I said destiny, I actually meant Bungie. And when I said destiny and Bungie, I actually meant three, four, three studios. <laughs> Halo infinite is going to be <laughs> <laughs> in the next couple of days <laughs> <laughs> ahead of the july showcase right okay <laughs> I, that's where that's how I, my train of thought works hey. i think destiny news and then i think no wait it's not destiny it's bungie news no wait it's not bungie it's 343 <laughs> we're good it was a very long pier that you walked me down <laughs> but when we got there there sure was a boat so thank you very much uh, so yes, Halo is probably going to be announced within the next couple Not of days. Not a couple. They teased it yesterday oh. and it's going to like, it's going to get its full announcement and everything in a couple of days. In a couple of days. Well, this comes out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So by then. I did not look at the date. That's fine. So, <laughs> I don't know. It just says July showcase. So it'll probably go hand in hand with the Series X, probably. which is still the dumbest name in the world. It and really is. It. it really is. So um, since we're on a roll on predicting things, I want people's predictions on what Halo Infinite is. And if you say first Battle person Royale. shooter, you're wrong. So Kent, tell me right now what you think will be the flagship game Halo Infinite on the Xbox Series X. What is it? What kind of game? Character-based card game. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I have like an a Magic the Gathering kind of thing, or like the the one they did for Uncharted for the Vita. Oh, it's like that. Okay. Lord, <laughs> Master Chief. Right. All right. That's good. Uh, Katie, yes. What was yours? Action adventure RPG. Yeah. Yes. You That's can good. fully customize Master Chief now. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 style, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> so like you can customize his junk and everything? Yeah. All right, all right. Leonard, what is Halo Infinite actually going to be? I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be everything that Destiny isn't. Ooh. Oh, that's fair. Because, that's be I mean. Because <laughs> it's going to be horrible. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think that Halo Infinite's just gonna be another game where everyone's gonna be like, oh, "Look, Halo!" and then everyone's gonna get it and play, it and they're gonna be like, "Oh, disappointment!" Yeah, like Halo Four. Dan, I know you know video games and the video game industry more, better than almost anybody else. You know, you have your fingers on the pulse 
for what Halo Infinite is going to be. Tell us. Uh, yes, and you'll hear it first here. Um, Halo Infinite's actually going to be a reskin Viva Pinata remake. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I'll play that. <laughs> Viva Pinata. Okay, okay. That is a deep dive into the 360s catalog, uh, which was a launch title, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe? Or close? Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally down for that. A reskin of Viva Pinata. And I wholeheartedly know, actually, because I have an insider, uh, they let me know what Halo Infinite is. And I'm sorry to tell you guys, it's actually a dating sim. I knew it. Yeah. Um, but it's not like you think, like, it's not like Master Chief trying to find a date. It's Master Chief trying to date Cortana. The, no, the Arbiter. Yes, I knew it. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah. I no. finally get I ship to, that. I get sloppy toppy from the arbiter finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So deep seated desires, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we have discussed what the absolute true future for Halo Infinite is, we are going to move on to the other studio who had something to say this month. And that was Ubisoft. Who wants to talk to me about Ubisoft? Yeah. Kent, you spoke first. <laughs> uh, it definitely was a live stream. Definitely was that, yes. Um, were there yeah. uh, were there trailers that they passed off as uh, gameplay? Actually, you know what? They actually did a pretty good job and actually showed a lot of gameplay to what I realized in the comments is a lot of people didn't want to see the gameplay i guess because <laughs> like it's just a lot of people complaining about clipping and a lot about like certain you know skin textures and stuff so i i'd rather get lower quality like alpha footage that may be janky rather than souped up like cgi footage but I guess you can't win with people. Who knew that? You know, who could have guessed? But <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost as if the gaming community is one of the most fickle fan bases in existence. But that yeah, I mean, but I mean, that's just a theory. That's just a theory. I have no idea. A game theory. Uh, Thanks yeah. for watching. <laughs> I purposefully did not say that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I hate this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, what did they show other than clipping? And Ooh, they showed a lot. They showed a lot. Of, we'll just get the drag out of the way. Uh, a lot of updates for their live service titles, including Just Dance, uh, The Crew, The Division, Trials, uh, Ghost Recon has AI people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, mm. There's some mobile showcase stuff, which is... Uh, Tom Clancy's Far Cry uh, Six. Yes, uh, Far Cry Six is coming to the Android and iOS, <laughs> so that'll be fun to play. Yeah, yeah, that will be. Hey, uh, if you like uh, Enter the Spider Verse, uh, the same guy who did the like creative lead for that did the trailer for Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, pretty cool. It had the same exact style, so. Um, Are you guys interested in Watch Dogs Legion? Yeah, uh, yes, I am. Okay. I'd say probably more so after seeing gameplay. Um, just because it, uh, it's actually pretty cool how they're doing the cutscenes because most of these games that it's like, 
oh, you can be whoever you want. You're just a silent protagonist. Yeah. Uh, but they actually have, uh, like, different characters have different actual voiced cutscenes. Now, there's probably, like, a soft, you know, limit on that, probably, like, 10 different recordings or something like that. But, hey, I mean, that's still cooler than just having a silent protagonist. But Right. No, I mean, that's good. I'm kind of glad that uh, they're going in this direction. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how many character models they can pull off and make them all seem like different people. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to a friend and uh, we were talking about it and saying, hopefully it's not, um, they don't use it in every Ubisoft game coming forward, but right. they probably will include it in other stuff because they have all this tech behind it. They're probably not going to waste it for just one game. Yeah. Like they did with the sailing mechanic uh, from Assassin's Creed four. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see them doing it in Assassin's Creed as well. Uh, be like, oh, you can be any NPC assassin you want. Yeah, I mean, so. with with the uh, you know sort of narrative hand wavy thing of the animus, you can sort of do that at any point. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Katie, if you want to talk about Far Cry Six. Yeah. Oh, I just saw the trailer, and it was the first time I'd felt anything for Far Cry in a very long time. <laughs> oh, it's a, it was an amazing trailer. Gus Spring uh, is so in good. it. Yeah. It was, what's, what was his name? He's a, he's a well-known Giancarlo. actor. Giancarlo yes. Esposito. Yes. I fucking is, love him. He is amazing. His, like, acting, the fact that he's a villain, because that's, like, his character type. I mean... God damn. That's that's his usual MO. Yeah. Yeah. But like he's so damn good at it. And like I'm I'm really interested to see how the game plays. Someone uh I saw a tweet saying that it would be really cool if this was like a um like a prequel to Far Cry three. Yeah, that's probably Voss. Yeah, showing yeah. like where Voss came from and how that all happened. And it's like that's that's guys, interesting. Guys, guys, it's Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> They've already confirmed that it's not boss. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it my be. point was that's interesting. Like yeah. that would have been cool. Yeah. So I, I have the same issue. Every time I see a Far Cry, I'm like, oh my God, I love Far Cry. And then I buy Far Cry and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of playing camps. Yeah. I'm not like, this isn't going to be a day one purchase. This is going to be a, I'm interested and therefore I will pay attention to its development and I will be paying attention when it gets released. But yeah, this is the first time since Far Cry 4 I've expressed any kind of intrigue. And even then with Far Cry 4, it was just like, oh, Troy Baker is playing the villain. Interesting. And then I actually played Far Cry 4 and I was like, I think I'm going to skip 5. <laughs> and Primal. <laughs> and 6. Oh, God, Primal. Yeah. Oh, God, Primal. I totally forgot there was a... <laughs> yeah, there was, there was Primal. Yeah. And, then, forgot. and then there was what, New Dawn? What's it called? Yeah, Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah, yeah. The, the kind of sequel. The kind of sequel. Five. It had the same map, but they just retextured some parts. Yeah. 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 Sort of disappointing. Um, and I'm sure, since I didn't personally watch the Ubisoft announcement, I'm sure they had a trailer, gameplay, and release date for Beyond Good and Evil Two. Am I right? Never. never. Absolutely never. It's not dude. happening. Not going to happen. It's been shelved indefinitely. No. <laughs> It's dead, like my pancreas. You should get that checked out. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but something actually on some 
Well, two things, uh, mainly because everyone knows here and pretty much most of the listeners should know by now, I am a huge Assassin's Creed fan. Right. Um, Dan definitely knows this. And Dan, I feel like you and I might share same interests. If if not, I'd be, I'm not I'm surprised. More, I, yeah, I like the originals more than the newer versions, but I'm yeah. curious about Valhalla. Yeah, Valhalla, I will say it had my interest until I saw like actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, from pretty much... Hearing... Uh, pretty much what I've just how I feel now it's like oh cool so it's Odyssey but with British speaking Vikings (laughs) and a voice actor and a voice actor that does not sound like he should fit the part (laughs) yeah that's pretty much how it is I've been watching uh, because they did a bunch of hands on for um, some YouTubers and a lot of people were saying it was pretty much uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey just now you can like throw an axe Mm. I'm actually the opposite. So I've played every single Assassin's Creed's or Assassin's Creed game except for the, the Chronicles. I think I haven't played those. Yeah, Chronicles. Um, but I've played all of them. I'm a big fan. Um, but I wasn't even that interested in Valhalla. But I've actually gotten more interested just because some of the gameplay they shown. Two major things actually was the um kind of Assassin's Creed 1 stealth being brought back finally. Yeah. Um, You know, like with the crowd, but also like wearing your hoods up, it just gave a lot of uh, Altair vibes. Um, And it's cool that you can like blend in now. Finally, a lot of stuff like that, which is cool. Uh, The Hidden Blade is back, of course, but also like you can actually one-hit kill people now with it if you time correctly. I've missed. Yeah. Um, and it can be like higher level enemies too, as well, which is cool. And they have a little mechanic for that. Uh, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing was the settlement thing. Like some people may be like done with like resource dumping in games, but like any game that you can have a s- upgradable settlement. Oh yeah. That's like super your jam. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's super my jam. And it's also super assassin, assassin's creed as well. Like almost every single major one has had something like there's Monterigioni. There was um, the pirate's den. There was, uh, the homestead. The very first one. Yeah. Like each one has like a base that like you'll see like flourish but like each one had their own gameplay to it uh unity had the cafe which was really cool syndicate had the train but then origins and odyssey kind of forewent that but they're finally bringing it back and it's actually like the main thing to the game so it's cool to see that so so i do have a question because i haven't really played assassin's creed that much since black flag Mm -hmm. um like i i did try syndicate I liked Rogue, um, and I enjoyed parts of Odyssey. I never really got into Origins. Are they? Is sneaking going to be a thing again ever? Have they <laughs> Origins brought that back? Is actually one of the best sneaking ones. Oh yeah, agree. Um, okay. Odyssey kind of again like didn't like it was way more RPG oriented. So like, oh, you what your hidden blade isn't upgraded. Oh you just kind of bonked him on the head. Um, and now the it's entire blade. <laughs> uh, Eastern side of Greece is now alert of your presence, but and wants to kill you. 
Yeah. Origins is actually comparable to Metal Gear Solid Five in terms of fluidity and um, stealth mechanics. Okay. Just obviously you're using um, ancient Egypt as the backs backdrop, so your tools are very minimal. But like, no Origins, like I would give it a go. That that there's a reason why some people say it's better than the Ezio trilogy. Yeah, and they're wrong. I- <laughs> They're wrong. I mean, there was one good game in the Ezio trilogy, and that was. Like, if you look at the new control mechanics for the new series of Assassin's Creed, those games are not based on stealth. They can shoehorn stealth in, and I do agree. Origins had a better stealth like design, just because there were things to hide behind. That is a building, but literally, their crowd mechanics has been for- longly forgotten until. Valhalla now so it's like there are things with the game that just they've lost the assassin part of it and it's just yeah. been more used for that's, I think it's like along. a design thing because yeah. like if you look into the original Assassin's Creed games they're all deliberately designed in almost like a linear flow where like oh there's just a bench like conveniently right here at this like corner street that I need to use or like this group of courtesans that I'll use to distract these guards. Like it's almost like a yeah. puzzle. Well, yeah, they were uh, designed but, to be stealthy for you to get options for situations. Yeah. And so. they took out the design and just went, well, good luck. Wait for him to get near the bush. Yeah. That's why a lot of people have mixed like opinions. Cause the newer batch of Assassin's Creed games, this ancient trilogy that they're doing, is more RPG. And you can't really design stealth in an RPG, so it's like a broken marriage of systems. Yeah. I think Katie has something to say as soon as she's <laughs> I mean, done with her noise. you can. Like, I know you can because I play those games. Play like an of- RPG... You can have yeah. RPG stats and stuff, but like... I mean, like, the few bits, because it wants to be The Witcher, that type of, like, Western RPG. You're not wrong. Does not fit well. Like, those couple of times it, that it forces you to do stealth in Witcher are some of the worst. Well, that's... Because um, it's that type of Western RPG. Not saying RPG in general, but, like, the way they're doing it, it's not... It doesn't bode well for their design process. Well, and I think that comes down to, like... That I mean, it's kind of what Dan said. They took out that design aspect. Like, it's not that, oh, it's hard because it's an RPG. It's hard because they just didn't do it. Like, yeah. like, they, they, t- like they, they took out the crowd mechanics. Yeah, they, they took out the, the sneaky bushes. Yeah, it's only hard because they didn't consider it until the last minute, right? essentially, yeah. which is the problem with a lot of stealth games. Like, the old Thief series was more of an RPG in the sense that, like, you know, you can't do a lot in the 90s with RPGs, but it was still considered an RPG. Um, and it was all stealth. And like, you were a thief and you went out at night because that was the best time to do steely stuff and you don't want to be seen. Why the hell would you go out during the day? And it's yeah, so there's something to be said for you want to tell a story and like it's got to go throughout, you know, multiple times through the day. That's fine. But like, I don't know. I would say like games like Dishonored and God help me, the Thief 2014 remake did the whole options thing a little bit. I fucking hate that game. Did the whole options thing better and that it was like, okay, if you don't want to stealth, here are your action options. But the game was still designed that if you wanted to do it, you could. And you had yeah, a and another example of would be uh, 
Deus Ex. Which yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mentioned Deus Ex. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, those ones, I'd say, are more like stuff like The Witcher and these Assassin's Creed games. They're aiming more towards, like, almost like the Borderlands style of RPG or, or like Destiny, where it's like, oh, get all, like, they really want you to upgrade your individual weapons and then your individual armor pieces with, like, but debuffs see- and. Buffs. In, in the so. Thief games, you did that by, in the Thief series in particular, you did that by, like, the more you stole, you went to the pawn dealer and your your pawn guy, like, oh, hey, you know, we've got this new thing. Do you want it? Sure. So, like, there are ways that you could, like, RPG it still and it still work for the narrative. Like you. Oh, yeah. Still- I'm not defending that. I'm just saying the way they're yeah. doing it is they're modeling it after The Witcher in terms of, like, a the world. And then it's like characters, and that's just not meant for like sneaky gameplay the way The Witcher and then the Assassin's Creed trilogy is set up in this yeah. way. Like, there are it's ways, just- but like, it's definitely not like a Deus Ex or System um, Shock where it's like you can go multiple routes or anything like that. It's like, yeah. oh, copy paste uh, Village A, Village B with well- level enemies. So. And that's why I stopped playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey about 15 Same. hours in. I was like, wow, this is boring. Oh, you made 15 <laughs> hours. I made it like 15 minutes. I tried I, so hard. Everyone I kept telling me it's effort. amazing. And I like, put in a lot of time into that game. And let me tell you, it did not reward me. Oof. Yeah. Like, um, and that's, that's been my frustration with the Assassin's Creed games because my biggest selling point was the, the original like developers talking about, yeah, Thief is a huge inspiration for us. And we wanted to incorporate those kind of sneaky tactics that, you know, you see in Deadly Shadows. And it's like, hey, I liked Deadly Shadows. I like Assassin yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so then my thing is they really need to shake up the Assassin's Creed from the title. Like just they need to yeah. take the title out of it. Just make it the Creed or something. Like I it is yeah. no longer Assassin's Creed. It's or just like make Prince said. of Persia and don't make it a escape room VR game like they're doing. <laughs> oh god, I don't want <laughs> to. That's another about thing, that. okay. by the way. Going back to announcements. Yeah, please uh, do. Prince of Persia. Uh escape the room on location VR game. That's so fucked up. It really is. It's so that's that is pissing in your eye and calling it rain. That is so fucked up. Uh R. Kelly. Um but uh, one I guess one major thing, because I feel like a break might be coming. Maybe, um, maybe. Uh, another big thing that came out was shocker, uh Ubisoft is coming out with a battle royale game. Mm, but uh, the oh, hey. game already in alpha, yeah. Actually, doesn't look. It looks. It looks refreshing. As a person who it, plays a couple battle royales now, um, who has backed off of them severely, uh, I'd say this definitely looks like it's a fresh breath of a like a new game for battle royale. No. <laughs> no, it looks like fun. No, sorry. <laughs> I've been watching Fruit play it. It's good. No, <laughs> no. I think God, you're just no. mad because it's I've, too fast for you and you're old. I play Apex. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, you play Apex and you're old. <laughs> Dad's What's play, Apex. Dads play Apex and PUBG and think they're cool. So my issue with the thing is if you actually watch the trailer, they it's one of those things where if you see a movie trailer and they don't show more than a second of the movie in any one scene, you guarantee there's going to be some bad acting. 
Mm. My worry is that with this thing, it's like you see like little snippets every time you see the trailer. Like, this, oh my god, look at this action firing gun thing, and it's like, okay, it it just it looks boring. <laughs> I'm with oh. all. It looks boring. I don't know if you saw the the actual. I think there was some clips after either next day or next couple of hours oh, or so. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't watch the gameplay. So they actually did have a little bit of gameplay, and the way that this is mainly the reason why I'm talking about it is because the way that they uh, advertise it, it looked interesting, but then seeing the actual gameplay looked fun. So it basically how the storm is for most games, like the storm, the gas, whatever it may be. It's actually that the world map is sort of deteriorating. And of course that may sound just like everything else. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, um, it's a little bit different because then you can also deteriorate, which does look kind of cool. But there's also different things like at the end of the game where they've changed the Battle Royale aspect where it's like, okay, you may have a different competition within the last part of the Battle Royale. Uh, I believe one of them was like, oh, if you have like a certain item for about a minute, if not 15, uh, like 12 to 30 seconds you win the game something like that so it gives you like an advantage from like a person who is very skilled versus a person who's like picking it up for the first time so all i'm gonna say about that game um one it does look pretty fast and i like that uh but apex does it better in my opinion at least from what i've seen people play oh i'm sorry paul have you played the game yet no, I haven't. I haven't yet. Hmm. I'm not saying that I have, but, oh. you know, from what I've seen, it's not that great. And the other thing I will say is that the guns are hit scan, and you might as well not have a first-person shooter PvP at all if you have hit scan weapons. Mic drop. <laughs> so You're just mad that you can't kill well, on is, a hill. Does, does this game have skill-based matchmaking? Ooh, does it have skill-based matchmaking? Dan, I got to say, that's probably the best question I've ever heard in my entire life, and that is not hyperbole. And probably because also it's your bury the lead. No, no. That's our topic this week. I didn't mention that the Ubisoft thing was the bury the lead, so our bury the lead fans are probably really confused and are probably waiting for the bury the do lead. Do we even have fans, Yes, we do. Period? And um, <laughs> they, uh, they're, they're really confused as to why we didn't have a bury the lead, but we did. It was the Ubisoft thing. Hi, Mom. Um, so that was the Bury the Lead, and you guys are very welcome. You guys can go on the Wikipedia and update the Bury the Lead section. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now we're going to take a break because I'm sick of talking about Ubisoft, and if we have anything else to talk about, maybe we'll talk about it fucking later. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> Sorry, just this hyperspace, hyper. He's really mad thing. that I called him out. Because he can't just camp angry. on a hill for 20 minutes. Like he If can, you want to fix Battle Royale, all you need to do is give one team a post. Let's call it a flag. Give the other team a thing called a flag. And you got to take their post and bring it back to yours. But here's the kicker. You can't do it. You can't score if yours is missing. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. I know. And like, I really want that to happen, actually. Yeah. I, would, I would love... Like capture uh, the flag, a, capture the flag, and a domination. <laughs> Rip, in, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> in a battle royale, I want different game modes other than deathmatch and team deathmatch. I want different game, <laughs> different rift. game modes. 
I think it'd be kind of cool. Anyway. Eat your heart out, John Romero and Carmack. <laughs> we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about our topic. And that topic, of course, is skill-based matchmaking. I hope y'all stick around. We'll be right back. And now for another thrilling adventure of If Half-Life 3 Came Out Today! Episode 2, Campsite. Hey, did you hear Half-Life 3 came out? Really? Yeah. Is it any good? Yeah, I mean, I mean one reviewer gave it like a 7 out of 10. So. Really? Yeah. 7 out of 10? Yeah, I mean, 7 out of 10. I was hoping to play that game. Yeah, but 7. And so concludes another thrilling adventure of... If Half-Life 3 came out today! Welcome back, everybody, and it's time to squad up because we are talking about skill-based matchmaking, the most divisive type of topic you can have when you're talking about multiplayer shooters or just competition in general. Skill-based matchmaking can make or break your online experience. It can bring in new players and make old players want to burn your studio to the ground. It has created some of the most amazing esports moments um, from zero to hero, those kinds of things. But it has also killed games, straight up destroyed games and gotten their player base down to like into the teens. So before we really get started, before we deep dive into our thoughts on skill-based matchmaking, I want to know exactly what it is, because I have no idea. I've been talking out of my ass for the past five minutes. Dan, you are the guy that I go to when I want to know things that are very specific about video games. So I'm not going to go for you to about this. I want to go to Kent. Kent, oh. <laughs> I know you know what skill-based matchmaking is, and I know you can pontificate for hours upon its validity, but I want you to tell me right now, what is skill-based matchmaking? Uh, well, so it's kind of like of a, a separation of sorts. Ah. Uh, you know, you got like, you got beans and grains, and you want to kind of separate them into different piles, except instead of beans, you got really high skilled people who are very sweaty. Uh, and then the rice, you got people that are kind of low skilled that kind of play casually. And uh, it can be a mess if you have both high skilled people and low skilled people uh, play together, because that is basically a train wreck. And the high skilled people just dominates the people and not only does that ruin the experience for the people losing over and over and over again but also it creates a lack of a challenge for the people that have high skill and honestly if you're high skill and very sweaty when you play pvp things most likely you're playing it for the rush for the challenge for all that the 
camaraderie with your little guild members. So uh, if you don't have that challenge and kind of everyone loses and then that can have a bad snowball effect on development because then if you don't know exactly why that's happening, then you may nerf a gun, you may nerf a map, you may remove some things and then that could lead to very bad problems that will be irreversible probably. So I did, that was a fantastic explanation of what skill-based matchmaking was. Um, Beans and rice is pretty much exactly how the industry thinks about it. <laughs> um, the one thing I did notice in your explanation was just a, just a little smidge, just a sous-son of uh, editorializing, I would say. Um, I agree with 90% of the things you're saying, but I want to get into why it's a bad thing. Let's, let's start. Well, with, I didn't say it was a good thing. <laughs> right, right. But I want to start with why it's a bad thing. Dan, do you have any thoughts on why skill-based matchmaking is not a good thing? It's not a good thing. Not well, a good thing. Um, so, I mean, this isn't my stance on it, but this You're is... You're taking both general. stances today, buddy. Okay. Um, so basically the reason why people say that skill-based matchmaking is a negative thing um, generally has to do with metas. Um, so if there are certain tiers of whatever the character, weapons, abilities, whatever have you, um, if those things become the cream of the crop that you have to use to maintain your rank, because at high tiers, that's what everyone falls into is the metas generally. Um, all games are literally going to be the same match because everybody's playing at a high tier. And it's, the issue with matchmaking is all good people will be playing together because they're all using what's known as the meta. Um, and that gets boring and the game falls flat and stagnant. That's true. That is very true. Skill-based matchmaking can fix that problem. No, uh, having skill-based matchmaking is the problem for that. I see. I see what That's you're saying. What yes, because if you are using the meta and winning because you're using what the meta is, you rise to the, the rise to the top. Yeah. And therefore, with matchmaking, only putting you against people of the same tier, well, now all matches are going to be against people using the same exotics for destiny or the same you know certain characters for this and that's that's what the the issue people have with uh, matchmaking okay okay who wants to talk about why skill-based matchmaking is a good thing i can talk about that katie enlighten us <laughs> so in destiny after forsaken dropped in 2017 and they didn't have skill-based matchmaking for an entire year. They saw numbers plummet because the meta was two hand cannons that had extremely long range for no apparent reason and a shotgun that fires crazy fast. Um, that meta could be achieved via comp playlist uh, quest thingy, but like everywhere you went, it was that was it. That's what you came across. That that was it. Um, and that was without skill-based matchmaking, I should note. Um, so every time you loaded into a lobby, if you got into a lobby with someone who had not forgotten Luna's Howl or Dust Rock Blues, you were going to have a bad fucking time in that fucking lobby. Um, or if you were on their team, you were going to have a great time. <laughs> you wouldn't get very many kills because they were going to get all of them, but 
you know, at least you'd win. Um, Skill-based matchmaking was introduced. The meta shifted. Um, While the top players had to chase that meta and stick with that meta, the kind of middle and lower tier players didn't. So, like, we got to fuck around with, like, scout rifles, which haven't been good since Destiny 1. (laughs) Um, And we got to mess around with, like, all these other things while the top tier players got stuck with a very small pool of viable weapons. Um, over time, that small percentage of top tier players started complaining more and more and more about skill based matchmaking, which I get because I would play with a few of them sometimes and wind up in their lobbies. And oh my god, it was hell! <laughs> it was every time you turned a corner, there was someone with a fucking grenade launcher or like a hand cannon or a shotgun. There was literally nothing else. It was always spare rations, mind menders, or mountaintop and spare rat or uh, something else. I can't remember. Um, but they've just removed skill-based matchmaking again. <laughs> and now it's kind of a mishmash. My experience, because I've gotten really decent at PvP, I wouldn't say great, but I also wouldn't say bad. Um, it's been kind of mixed. Like, I typically use an AR and a, and a sniper. Um, that's pretty much part of the meta now. Like, ARs are a little too strong, but they can pull that from my dead cold hands. Um <laughs> It, it's mixed. It's okay. I either get completely rolled or I stomp. There is okay. no in, in between. I very rarely see matches now that it's all connection based um, where it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. it. Very few matches are close. It is either one or the other. And in fact, yesterday we came across a guy named Dondo Man who every time we saw him, we just turned around and ran away because he was from fucking Australia, which we don't know how. We got that lobby. <laughs> he was from Australia, and he um, he was very much all over the map. So, so okay, so it's um, it's a mixed bag when it comes to to Destiny, at least for yeah. skill based matchmaking. I think skill based matchmaking in general, it's a mixed bag. I mean, I watch streamers play Call of Duty and they complain about skill based skill based matchmaking there, right? And it's just like it does come down to you either get the experiences where you're completely stomping or you're getting completely rolled. And I don't know, like the common argument I hear from people who are against skill-based matchmaking and they're in the top tier is, well, you're not going to get better unless you try hard. And it's like, well, why don't you guys turn that argument inward? (laughs) What's what's up? Why don't you guys get better? Right. (laughs) right. Um, So yeah, it, 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 uh, it is difficult to talk about skill-based matchmaking because it it differs from game to game. Um, But on a large scale, these are the kinds of things that will, as I said, make and break a game. So I want to talk to you guys individually uh, and uh, give me your good skill-based matchmaking stories and your bad ones. Dan. Stories? Well, like, you know, what, uh, what games have you played with skill-based matchmaking in it? Have you enjoyed yourself? How was Overwatch? with its skill-based matchmaking? Um, terrible. I mean, so here's the thing. And I think, so, I mean, not to, to basically just not answer your question. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so I didn't either. With, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the thing with skill-based matchmaking is sometimes it's impossible to tell whether it even exists or not, um, simply because it's the go-to answer where every community has to try and like find fault, find something that they can pin on to be like, this is the problem. 
And mm-hmm. that's not that that's not the thing. Uh, like uh, Destiny is the reason why I fell off Destiny so hard was instead of fixing the game, it it kind of gets overshadowed with like, oh, it's it's not the overpowered weapons; it's matchmaking. It's like no, oh, we're we're back on the weapons. Now yeah, that skill based exactly. matchmaking is gone, the top tiers have moved on to the weapons again. So exactly. we're back on the weapons. <laughs> yeah, but that's, then that's and it's like, well, maybe it's not the weapons. Maybe it's the abilities. You know, there are so many factors with it. If you leave matchmaking and you actually balance your product to work with your matchmaking algorithms, guess what? You'll have a working product. If you take and add matchmaking and never actually fix the freaking problems as to why. There's this, you know, rising cream, rising like foam or whatever uh, that from matchmaking. Then you're still going to end up with the same issues, and these matches that you're going to have in casuals, non-matchmaking, um, uh, like your internet-based whatever ones, um, you're going to have these stomp and no stomps because people are still going to be abusing the things that they can abuse so well on overwatch same thing uh, smite same thing it's just no matter where you go you pretty much get the same issue well dan i am completely in shock that you would even bring i have a favorite gun and a favorite character that i use in apex and i am not winning every single match so clearly the skill-based matchmaking isn't working or it could just be the pathfinder was completely broken and his hitbox did not make sense at all. That, no, it's skill-based matchmaking, Dan. I'm blaming it yeah. on skill-based matchmaking. Exactly. And if it's not that, then it's EA servers. One common right. argument that started happening during Destiny's whole skill-based matchmaking debacle was, well, us top tiers want to play the game too. We want to go somewhere where we can just relax and have fun. And it's like, what they what they were trying to say was, well, we want to use different loadouts. We don't want to have to use the meta, but we have to to win because it sucks to lose. And it's like, I get that. But like, also, I watch your streams. You're not using the not meta. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going in with the same fucking loadout. You're just having more fun because you're absolutely destroying some guy who just picked up the game and is literally just hit light level 800. So like... <laughs> Yeah, it's the reason why Smurf accounts exist. Yeah, yeah. fucking Smurfing, yeah. man. I fucking hate Smurfing. Um, okay, so Leonard, I, I, I'm not 100% sure that you have a lot of experience with uh, online matchmaking in general. I know that you play Dragon uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, do you play that online very much? Uh, yeah, I actually play a lot with my friend. Um, so for this, I actually have two types of takes for it. Okay. Um console and then mobile gaming interesting okay so to give an example um if you do ranked fighting in dragon ball fighters uh usually it's based on the sort of like the color square or how it used to be you have to forgive me because it's been a while since i've actually done that (laughs) i forgive you um but it's usually the different color square and then like what ranking you're at so there's like Super Saiyan God, like Ultra Instinct, things like that. Um, so then based on your ranking is where you're going to go. Now, for me, I could be just the the random Joe who picks it up every once in a while. And it's like, okay, I get a couple wins. I get a couple losses. But 
I'll play ranked for the first time and see how that goes. And then I might be matched up with the sweatiest person who's trying to get up to the top and has literally studied combos for about two days in a row. And right. yeah. get demolished easily. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in a sense, I, I mean, I'd say this, there are games that do handle it well. And I think we all agree that there's games that do handle it well and games that don't handle it well. Right. Um, which I guess as Dragon Ball fighters would be my good experience. Cause it's like, okay, I know what I'm going into. Cause this is the fighting type of scene. Um, true. now, now going to mobile, which is my bad experience. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm actually interested uh, in this because, like, uh, I don't think of mobile online games as being uh, very competitive. But you know, uh, oh, then you must not have heard of Raid Shadow Legend. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, it's a uh, Dragon Ball Fighter. Uh, wow, Dragon Ball Fighters, Dragon Ball Legends. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I. I have played it since day one and I, I loved the game. The game was good until like you ran into like people who were, uh, had really bad connection. Now it was just internet connection for a while, right? but then they fixed it and they're like, okay, well now people who are on like, who have crappy Wi-Fi will be fighting other people with crappy Wi-Fi, which by the way, took a year to get to that point. Right. If not a year and a half. And then they changed the meta. So the thing is with the game, they changed the meta where it's like, oh, instead of like swiping up to uh, like swiping to dodge every time you have this new thing where you can rush in, like swipe forward. So you go forward and then uh, swipe to the right or left and then continue your combo, Mm. Um, which is pretty good. But then uh, when you're going against someone, like to give you an example, I did a ranked match maybe about a month ago, two months ago. And I was like, okay, you know, I haven't played ranked in a very long time. I'm going to see how it goes. Okay. And I got completely destroyed my first round, which I was like, okay, I'm in the level 30s, which the highest level you can get is level 50. And oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm like, okay, level like level 30 is not going to be too too bad. I'm going to probably see some casuals and some sweats. For about ten, for about five matches out of the f- five matches I did, they were all sweaty. They were all. It seemed like honestly, most of them were above my rank. Like every time it was like 35, 37, 39, 34. Got it. Which That's, I was level yeah. 30 or 31. Right. Which I'm like, okay, you know, if I feel like for some games, it's like if you beat someone who's higher than you, then yeah, maybe you get a little bit more XP or experience or whatever. Yeah. Um, compared to this, not necessarily. And for ranked ma- matchmaking, it's it can be horrible, <laughs> especially for Dragon Ball Legends. It is horrible. Right. Um, so I'm actually happy that you brought up ranked. Because ranked has a built-in skill-based matchmaking system that sometimes it works, and sometimes Leonard, as you have noticed, it doesn't work. But uh, in my experience, in Apex, um, ranked sort of 
works. It does a pretty good job of, of working. What it does is it sets you on a path of bronze, silver, gold, diamonds, platinum. There it is. And uh, each one of those have four individual ranks that you grind up and eventually get to platinum. If you're that good, I'm not. Now, um, the idea is that you are matched up with uh, people in your same rank or one higher, sometimes two higher, but not too far away from you. My issue comes in when the reset happens. Uh, every season, um, at the beginning of the season, there's a rank reset. And at the middle of the season, there's another rank reset, which right. brings everybody down to the lowest uh, rank, except if you're in platinum, it takes you down to like gold, I think. Um, and then you start the grind over. The problem with that, of course, is in my eyes that the best players um, end up in lobbies with the not great players such as me and they steamroll the server over and over and over again eventually ranking out of those servers but for the first week two weeks it is intolerable to play ranked oh it's a living all, hell yeah because of all the 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 hardcore sweats and actually legitimately good players um that are uh, playing that game so ranked has a built-in thing and it works or doesn't work. Am I right, Dan? Yes and no. Um, I, so a lot of it Dan, I asked a simple question and you gave me two answers. This is not really? like you at all. <laughs> um, so one of the things I, I should have said when I was talking about um, issues or stories is that Games that are uh, squad-based. Um, so how do you determine the skill of a single player on a squad based on the results of that squad's ability to play together? So mm. if you go to a ranked game that is squad-based, how do you determine the you know, effectiveness? Average ELO. <laughs> Right. So what you're saying is that there are people who like really good players who are friends with people who aren't as good at them and they play with each oh. other? Yes. And uh yeah, exactly. That's insane, Dan. I mean, yeah. if that's true, the the industry should know about it. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> but I I also have a feeling that you're talking about something else and that is that Matchmaking is not a one-size-fits-all game. So you're saying that a single-player first-person shooter online versus a squad-based first-person shooter online, those matchmaking systems aren't the same thing? No. <gasps> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, me. Uh, I'm doing my anime thing. Is that good? Uh, uh. That's oh. a terrible anime sound. You're, it sounds like you're, you're really getting portrayed by an octopus. <laughs> yeah, anime, right? Um, Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay, so if these aren't one size fits all, there has to be a universal way to match people up. Kent, tell me. You know the exact thing to do because you're starting to get into the industry, man. Like, this is what you want, right? Like, you are the future of the industry. So you have to have an answer to this question. What is the perfect way that will piss nobody off 
to do matchmaking online? Uh, there actually is none. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> if we'd found it, we wouldn't be having this discussion. <laughs> uh, but Good point. Uh, there also is because that's just how games are. Games aren't a political thing where everybody needs to be happy. There's a point why every game has a catch-up mechanic and like a slowdown mechanic because you have to constantly be changing people winning and losing. Um, like there's reasons why like in Mario Kart, like there's the blue shell because if that person's 20 miles ahead in first place, what's the point of playing if you can never catch up to them? And what's the point of playing if you're always just going to be way ahead and there's no risk of somebody else catching up? So there's things that you just can't do and in games and one of them is just making everyone the same and having the same type of you know cohesive experience so what i think is every game needs to know how much of a leeway both ways go and it's entirely dependent like as was mentioned earlier on the game itself uh because some games thrive on that like asymmetrical games uh, like Friday the 13th or Dead, Dead by Daylight, Daylight. Yeah, yep. uh, you can't have something like that because that's just not how the game works. Like you can get steamrolled either way, but it really depends on the person playing and they're going to have different experiences. So honestly, I think for the most part, having slightly a hands-off approach is a little bit better and letting the actual game itself mitigate those like discrepancies in skill uh, by having things to have people catch up allowing them like we've already seen stuff like that and um, like if you have like a losing streak in a game maybe you have like a little bit more health or you spawn with like a specific item or something like that uh, because otherwise like if you strip everything bare bones, like nobody has an advantage, everyone has the exact same thing and just go at it, either you're going to have the most boring fights of all time or it's just not going to get anywhere and you're essentially not even playing a game, but rather than just watching like a gameplay loop on repeat. So yeah, I, I mean, I I kind of wish. I mean, you, you mentioned Mario Kart, and that made me want to wish that we had like a driving game uh, guy on our podcast. But like, who here plays driving games on a regular basis? That's, what I, th- that's what I thought. Somewhat. Yeah. Um, anyway, the the concept of rubber banding is hmm. a huge conversation in the like, yeah. pro driving uh, simulation games because. In uh, uh, that, that's a serious thing. If a game has rubber banding or doesn't have rubber banding, that usually means you can or cannot play it online with other people um, because rubber banding is a huge problem. And if you don't know what rubber banding is, it's basically if you are in first place and have been for a while, the chances of the second place person catching up to you uh, is increased. Um, and it's called rubber banding and sort of like brings everybody closer together. Um, yeah, but you kind of need stuff like that, in right. turn, especially in single player. It's a whole different world because you, for the most part, are given a challenge, but also are supposed to feel like you're better uh, while still allowing like instances of being just flat out better. 
Yeah. Um, and challenged. You, you need to feel challenged as well. Exactly. Like there's like a, a graph a lot of developers use where um, there's like skill and anxiety and this graph that you're trying to hit is like this very slim like pillar that's going a 45 degree angle on this chart because if you hit like you know like too boring on the lower end or too like anxiety inducing at the top then the person's just not going to want to play it anymore right but right. that you can't really control people because when you're playing online with a lot of other people you can't guide the player in that like progressive arc instead it's just going to be like a wild card of what you're going to get yeah and and so you can't really blame a developer who's making an online game um the the rubber banding effect uh for online or skill-based matchmaking or um internet uh speed-based matchmaking or rank-based matchmaking or the plethora of other rank-based matchmaking that we have um because that's how you make the game fun for as many people as you, as you can keep the ones that, that love the game and try and pull people in to get good at the game. Right. Like, so, let me make sure I'm getting this clear. So you're saying the reason why all these things, these little hand holding things is to make the game accessible. So you could get the most number of people playing your product. Right. I think I see where you're going with this, Dan, but I really want you to say it. <laughs> Because, I mean, from what I'm hearing is that the reason behind the matchmaking and all these issues that people are having is because the developers need people playing and paying for the game. Paying? So, potentially, it's all about the money. Oh, there it is. He said it. <laughs> oh, oh, I want to add like a beep, 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 beep thing. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Well, that is like a part of the equation because now before it wasn't an issue. Like you could jump on to like Halo Combat Evolved multiplayer and you were just out to the wolves, you know? You joined a server and you were against a clan of people that knew exactly where you are and how the map's laid out and like the best distance for every weapon. Then you're kind of screwed. But I am going to say... There was team oh. balancing in Halo. I I know. I'm just saying that, like, in that time, you didn't have monetization and stuff like, oh, I need to be like that person, and I need to get my gear, I need to get my blah, right. blah, blah, we, in, we could, you know, to meet them like that. So. We could go back to CS 1.3, Dan. No. Boom, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> that's the solution. <laughs> the, the reason why Counter-Strike has been the best game ever made is because it was actually developed as a fan mod of the original Half-Life using the Source engine, or whatever the original Half-Life engine was called. Um, and it was not monetized, it was free, and that's why it is the best game ever made. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that kind of is part of it too. Like You can set up custom servers and custom rules, and I honestly think that like that would be the solution to a lot of these, but that's impossible to do because you can't make money from all those custom things because there's no overarching progression, you know? Right. Like everything is like, oh, you need to get like this much XP for the battle pass. You need to get for this new weapon, this new skin. But you will not get anything if you do custom servers and stuff like that. So 
Well, PUBG, not to talk about another dead game, but PUBG actually came back to life when they opened up private servers. It was sort yep. of dying off because they didn't have any skill-based matchmaking, rank-based matchmaking. It was they were throwing you into a giant lobby of 62 people and saying, good luck, motherfuckers. Um, and people were loving it or absolutely hating it. So they helped out the game a lot by adding private servers so that their Twitch fans and their uh, Mixer fans and their Facebook gaming fans and their YouTube streaming fans, all the streaming yeah. guys, they were going onto private servers with their fans and playing around just to have fucking fun. Because at that point, like, they were like, okay, well, we can't really make the money that we want. So let's just kind of flip the switch. And while everybody else is going right, we're going to go left. Yeah. And it's going to be a little bit different. We probably won't be making a lot of money. It's a gamble. Let's just do it. And then it revitalized the whole thing. And if they're smart, they would just keep it at that. Because if they go back to how it was and like remove those, you know, accessibility and like different options that you can do, then it's just going to be like wave two and then people are going to start petering out and then, you know, it's just going to be a cycle. So they, they were lucky enough and smart enough, I guess, to um, see the writing on the wall and they kept the private servers, but they added skill-based matchmaking ranks into their public matches and they now have a ranked match system. Yeah. So they, they are now covering the same bases that almost every other first person, third person shooter. And I don't consider ranked modes skill-based matchmaking because I consider ranking like ranked modes a game mode. Like that is right. especially curated for being the best and trying to like be on a leaderboard and compete right. with you know, things set up. Almost like a custom server. Like it's like those like Smash Brothers things where it's like no items no blah 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 no like stage hazards it's almost like that so that's like a curated playlist i always yeah. see people talk about ranked matches with skill-based matchmaking that's not the same thing no no i'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because i kind of glossed over it um to to let uh dan talk about it's all about money thing <laughs> um but yeah no um i, I was playing 100 the straw man in that and yes ranked ranked and skill-based matchmaking are two different things but a lot of people conflate the two uh and that does not help online communities because again as you guys have said um, those content creators, those uh, hardcore top tier players have something to point to and use as a scapegoat and say that, oh, this is why I don't play this game anymore. It's because of their skill-based matchmaking and ranked and all that thing. And I, I don't appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to keep going off, but like the, oh, the one of the things that for like set this podcast on fire, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that you know developers realize is okay, we cannot contain the user experience like we can in a single player contained you know experience. So instead, we're gonna let each other govern how they play, and if they don't like this play style, then they can play on a different server with this set of rules, or they can make their own sessions. Yeah. And that was like the answer for everything. But then now we've had it where, like Dan said, that like they're trying to get back into that. And like, okay, well, we'll let you play together, but we want to still give you this linear progression as if Curated. it was 
a single player game and you're getting like, you know, A to B for your character being grown and your new experience of like weapons and skins and all that. So, I mean, there's a reason those battle passes have a literal straight line in them visually all the time because they want you to go through that forward track of we're telling you exactly how you're going to be playing it and you have to like it this way. Otherwise you can't play it all. Like, you know, and like games discouraged you like how many games like if you see all these games with multiplayer pvp and it even has like a private server setting like if it even has that enter it and it'll always be like warning like it looks like as if it's like quarantining you or like (laughs) it's like shaming you it's like warning no experience will be given for this mode all in caps or something yeah Yeah, yeah. it's like it's trying to get you to not play that because they don't want you to do that. They want you to just randomly jump into the next match and, you know, they're trying to make that, uh, you know, even for everybody, but it's just simply, you can't do that because then it's just going to be a boring game. And then what are you even playing for just for that linear progression? And it just kind of defeats the purpose of the gameplay itself. Right. I agree. I agree with that. Cause, um, Definitely for uh, to give you a good example, Call of Duty, the newest Modern Warfare. Um, when you play in a multiplayer, uh, you can play like you know the regular, which is just to pay, play competitive with your friends or whatever. But then at the very bottom, which is it's really at the dead bottom, you'll see like oh trial ticket, where it's like you pretty much get to do you know just you and your friends all in the lobby and then you get to play that way and it tells you like how kent said where it's like oh you don't gain any xp for this you don't get this and stuff like that yeah yeah and no accolades for having fun exactly it's it's like it's like okay well for what if a person doesn't want to be sweaty for like the first time in call of duty history (laughs) it's like you can't really enjoy that and i feel like this kind of brings up another discussion it's something we talked about before but it brings up that genre fatigue mm, okay are you talking about for like uh, online genre fatigue like multiplayer genre fatigue uh yeah i'd say so okay okay i know we've had um a podcast episode talking about genre fatigue it was a long time ago and i could not tell you for the life of me what the name of that is because i just hey just start from episode one and continue on leonard that is a genius idea uh so unless somebody has another mind-blowing thing i think we're kind of at the end of skill-based matchmaking dan i I know you you always have something that you want to say to to just shatter the world um fine 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 um so basically if people want to get mad at skill-based matchmaking what they actually need to do is get good not because the whole pc master race everybody you know needs to just get good kind of thing going on but if developers keep developing games to hold your hand to make you better than you are then you will never actually get better at playing against the people because you will always crutch on the certain things that shift the meta, whatever direction it goes. So if you want matchmaking to work, get good. 
I wholeheartedly agree with that statement, but I do think that developers can um, sort of guide you, not hold your hand necessarily, but sort of guide you in a better direction. I would like to see um, a tutorial for online game, like the yes, online but game portion of whatever game you're talking about. No matter what happens, there's always going to be a meta because they need players to buy their game to be playing their game. That's true. Which means they need to make the lowest common denominator be able to, to, to even play. Yeah. So whatever crutches are making the people who are worse better, those people, those things are still going to be used by the people who are better. Yeah. So if you want a balanced gameplay experience where you do not have an advantage, then you need to get good. It's a good and way to put it. That's the only way matchmaking is going to work. Yeah, yeah. I full-heartedly agree with Dan. Yes. Yes. Matchmaking is... <laughs> matchmaking is here to stay uh, for as long as video games are here to stay. And so are we, the NPC podcast, that is, and the Silver Tongue Audio Network. That was the best transition in the world. <laughs> we have a whole bunch of shows on the Silver Tongue Audio Network, Dazed and Disturbed, Midnight in the Bay, and the NPC Adventures is eventually coming back. Don't you worry. This podcast is also on there. You should tell all your friends about it who play video games or don't play video games. We don't care. We like everybody here. <clears throat> Anyway, we hope that you and your family are staying safe in these strange and different times as we are doing episodes on Zoom. How's this going, guys? You guys like this outro? Anyway. We, I didn't we, it was time to answer. <laughs> we, we are going to call it there. Thanks, everybody, for being on the show. Thank you. And as I say at the end of every episode, until next game, everybody. Until next game. Silver Tongue Audio.